Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider with the former Vikings general manager. And Jeff, I want to give you credit up front. You know, last week, nobody really knew exactly what to think about Josh Dobbs. You know, I know there are a lot of fans are like, okay, you got lucky one week or, you know, what's going to happen when the defense plans for him? Look at his overall career record. Uh, there were a lot of, you know, listen, there were a lot of legitimate reasons to wonder how he would perform. There were also a lot of people who were just uh, pessimists who didn't think he would perform well. You said, from the days you saw him playing at Tennessee, you really liked him and you gave him a chance to be really good. And guess what? He was really good again. Yeah, he definitely was. He throws for 268 and a touchdown. He runs for a touchdown. Another 45 yards rushing. I think that he, with another week in the system, could be even better this week against Denver. The Broncos are an interesting team as the Vikings head into the Sunday night game because they started the year so abysmal on defense, gave up 70 points to Miami, and then they've kind of righted the ship in the last three weeks of a lot, only 16 points a game, including holding the Chiefs to nine points and forcing three turnovers by, by Patrick Mahomes. So it's definitely another big test for Josh Dobbs, but I think he's gained confidence. I think the team has confidence in him, and obviously he and O'Connell – are working hard together along with the other coaches. And <clears throat> the results are obvious that the Vikings are continuing to be the hottest team in the NFL with now a five-game winning streak after the big win over the Saints and in Atlanta with that miraculous game. And and now they play a team. It's kind of, a, in some respects, a mirror image from their season with Denver, who started out one and five, and now they've won three straight, including beating the Chiefs and, and the Bills in Buffalo, although the Bills self-destructed in that game, which we could talk about later. But Denver is, is on a roll, and I think it, it sets up a really interesting match, and, and I think it sets up certainly kind of renewing the rivalries with Sean Payton from the Saints days, Minneapolis Miracle, the overtime win in, in New Orleans in the playoffs, and, and then Russell Wilson – who won his first six career games against the Vikings, and then the Vikings finally beat him in 2021. But but he has been a thorn in the Vikings' side, too, over the years and is playing so much better than he played last year under Nathaniel Hackett with, with Peyton running a more conservative offense. <clears throat> Russell is running when he needs to, and, and he made some really good runs in Buffalo for first downs. He, he's creative again with these flip passes to the running backs and, and so it's i think it's gonna be an exciting game jim this is a game that a month ago everyone thought would be flexed out of sunday night prime time mm -hmm. and would be a sunday afternoon game but because these teams are hot and because josh dobbs is the best current story in the nfl it, it's stayed as a prime time game and sets up as a really good matchup for for the Sunday night crew and and I think it's going to be a another close game another exciting game and we'll get to our picks later <laughs> we will and it's what makes the NFL great is the level of unpredictability on a year-by-year -year basis on a week-by-week -week basis 
Um, it, it, it's a fascinating league, and the Vikings are the most fascinating team in that league at the moment. Uh, want to let you know, this is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. This is one of our football shows at TalkNorth.com. Also, check out the Viking Update show. We have all your sports covered, all your outdoor needs covered. We have variety shows at TalkNorth.com. If you like a show, including this one, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And we also want to uh, let you know, that we really appreciate the sponsors who have helped us grow this show and our network. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios, and we want to thank our longtime sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, and Platinum Bank. Uh, let's let's get into this team right now. Obviously, Dobbs is the biggest story, but what might be the most interesting thing to track this week is what do the Vikings do at running back? Alexander Madison has not had a good year. Uh, now he is dealing with concussion. My guess is, we're talking here on Thursday morning, my guess is he won't be able to play. Ty Chandler looked dynamic last week. Wong Wu finally gets a carry, looks dynamic. Um, you know, I even if Alexander Madison were completely healthy, I would want to see more of, of Chandler and maybe a little more of Wong Wu. Yeah, definitely. I, I do think that, that Madison has a has an important role as, as a power back when he holds on to the ball and when he can catch the ball, <clears throat> which he did in, in Atlanta, made a couple of big plays in the in the receiving game. But but Chandler is clearly the most dynamic, as you said, and and the most elusive running back, the fastest running back. Although certainly Wangu can can run, we know that. I, I don't really think that Ty Chandler is a drop off from Cam Akers and everybody no, was might be better. Much, yeah, everybody was much amiss about Cam Akers getting hurt, and, and he was a good player, but I think it kind of put Chandler on the back burner where I thought all season long he should have been getting more touches, and, and now he did last week had whatever, 17 touches, and not not so much productive in the running game because the Vikings offensive line is having trouble moving people in the running game where, where they still ranked 29th in the league I, I think Chandler's a good player, a really good player. I think he can make a big impact. Wangu can help. But I still think that Alexander Madison is an important guy as a power back, potential short yardage back, as, as he was when Dalvin Cook was here. I think that's his best role. And so that's certainly, as you said, a storyline to follow this week, along with how are they going to replace Jordan Hicks, their leading tackler. I think that Hicks has, has played so much better than he did last year in Donatel's system. And, and Flores counts on him to be one of the leaders on defense. He calls the defensive signals, the green dot, they call it. Well, now they're giving that to Ivan Pace, a rookie. And, and Pace has, has played pretty well for an undrafted rookie. But how well will he hold up under the bright lights of Sunday night? And meanwhile, maybe it's time for Brian Asamoa, the third-round pick last year, to step up. He showed some flashes last year, but he's been hurt most of the season. And then they signed Anthony Barr, and how quick can he acclimate the Forest system? How much does he left, have left in the tank? We'll see if he can make it any kind of impact. So that's another key, certainly, issue for the Vikings to cover, especially against Russell Wilson, who is, again, showing his escapability. He made some big runs against Buffalo. He had those flip passes to the running backs, and that's going to be hard to cover. Big challenge, I think, for the Vikings' defense this week against Wilson, even though he's he's playing more conservatively in Sean Payton's offense by, by 
certainly Peyton wanting him to be more conservative after his bad year last year. Yes, and let's talk about the defense. Hicks has been very good, and he has been vital to Flores doing what he wants to do, having a smart, mobile middle linebacker out there, uh, making the calls, running the defense, covering ground. As you said, very dramatic choices here for Flores for that position. You have Pace, who's a strong inside player, uh, physical, smart, but maybe doesn't have great speed. You have Asamoah. As- As- I think he's it's Asamoah is what he prefers to be called by. I think that came out this year. Uh, who has great speed, dynamic athlete, but has not been able to get on the field, which is a terrible sign for a team that needs linebacker help. Then you have Josh Metellus, who plays anywhere they need him and could fill in a little bit at running back in lighter packages. And then you have Anthony Barr on the practice squad. Is it? Is it realistic for Anthony Barr to contribute this year? I think it may be a, he may be a week away. Yeah. That perhaps he comes back for the Bears game on Monday night. But who knows? I mean, if he's in shape, and we know he's a smart player. So we'll, we'll see on that. But, but you mentioned Metellus, and, and he's another guy like Hicks, to me, has been a big surprise on the defense this year, along with DJ Wanham, who also has stepped up his game, now has five sacks, and had a big game, got a game ball last week. We, we know Daniil Hunter is always going to be the key to the defense and is having a, a great year and leads the league in sacks with 11 uh, tied with Miles Garrett. But Metellus, to me, ha- has been a, a really a, a big surprise, especially watching him early in the year in coverage. He's got beat for touchdowns and just really has stepped up his game to the point where he is one of their best blitzers, he he made the big blitz that, that forced the interception by Makai Blackman on Jameis Winston in the fourth quarter. That, that's really been an interesting development, I think. Josh Metellus, who was an afterthought, really, his, his early career here. And as I said, Wanham's playing much better. Marcus Davenport, I, I'm not sure they can ever count on him to, to get back or stay healthy. But if he does, he, he certainly, we saw... The value he brings in the couple games that he played and had a couple sacks. So the defense, definitely a, a big improvement, but there are question marks coming into this game against Denver. The Broncos are not a prolific offensive team. They they rank 32nd in rushing, 27th in passing, 32nd in total defense. Now they've been better in recent weeks. They've also given up a lot of sacks. Uh, Wilson is one of the most sacked quarterbacks again in the league this year. I think it's going to be a a fascinating game. And to me, I think the key is going to be Josh Dobbs. (laughs) Can he continue to play at, at that high level? Yes. And, and in conjunction with that, because football is never simple, uh, the Broncos, you know, they, now they got Javante Williams going. They're starting to run the ball better. Uh, Russell Wilson has been much better. He has pretty good receivers. Uh, they have some defensive talent, especially at, in the secondary. They have given up a massive amount of rushing yards to opposing running backs. To me, if you can get Chandler going in this game, that will definitely simplify the game for Dobbs. Yeah, I think that's definitely true and, and give, give him less pressure on the passing game because the Broncos have been on a turnover tear lately with, with four in the, in the Buffalo game, had four in the upset of Kansas City, or five in the Kansas City game, including two interceptions and a loss 
lost fumble by Mahomes. So I think that, yes, the, the running game is important and hanging out of the ball is important in this game. No drop passes. And then, of course, what's going to happen at wide receiver we haven't talked about yet is Jefferson coming back this week. I don't know. And nobody apparently knows at this point. It looks like K.J. Osborne will be back, which will be a help as, as since he was out last week. We, we know that Brandon Powell has made, made a, an impact. Jordan Addison's having a great rookie season. But if they get Jefferson and Osborne back, I think this could could really be an even better offense. And I think that really the, the fascinating thing to me, Jim, is without Cousins and Dobbs replacing Cousins, I, I don't think the offense has taken a, a step downward at all. And which creates another conversation down the road if, if Dobbs can keep up this pace and what they do with Cousins. We'll, we'll be talking a lot about that going forward and into the offseason. But, but can Dobbs keep it going? That's the big question. I think he can. I think that he may, it may be the situation where it's Jim Plunkett, it's whoever that, that finds their niche with a team after after struggling early in their career, Geno Smith in Seattle last year. Not Geno's been okay this year, <clears throat> but maybe Josh Dobbs is that guy who has that big turnaround in his career because he has the opportunity and he has a better supporting cast. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I want to recommend another show at TalkNorth.com to you, a relatively new show, Don Mitchell's Dawn of Sports. We've had Mike Tirico and Chad Greenway on. We're going to have Brian Robinson on soon. Had Julia Daniels from CARE 11 on. I have a lot of uh, uh, women journalists and, and women supporters uh, coming on the show, but also we talk a lot of Vikings. Check, that, check out that show as well as our other NFL shows. Uh, you know, We talk about Dobbs being the best story in the NFL because he is, in, in part because of his play, in part because he's also just a a great guy. He's, you know, he's just a a vibrant personality, really intelligent, really impersonable. I will say this, if Josh Dobbs wasn't the best story in the NFL right now, I think a lot more people would be spending a lot more time talking about Brian Flores and what he's done with his defense. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And, and he was after the early struggles this year where we were all were kind of questioning, okay, what, what are you doing? letting the Eagles run the ball down the field for 259 yards in week two and and not adjusting to Justin Herbert's short passing game in week three, it's definitely come along. And I think a big part of that is the players learning the, the system, having more confidence, Hunter having a great season to lead the way. And, and in, in the secondary, guys like Bynum coming through and Metellus, Harrison Smith being consistent. And so, yeah, I think that Flores is a great story and that the Vikings defense, we, we said before the season, if they could just be a top 15 defense with, with the talent they have on offense, that they could really make a possibly a postseason run. Well, they're number 13 in defense now from number 31 last year. That That's a massive improvement. It is. And, you know, a lot of people go into the Vikings locker room looking for sound bites and clips, right? Just something that sounds good. Uh, they can put on uh, a broadcast show of some kind. Uh, I think those of us who've been doing this a long time, we also listen to how people say things and what they don't say. And you can learn a lot by how people say things and what they avoid saying. When you talk to people about Flores, uh, 
there's admiration. There is a sense that this guy really knows what he's doing. There's a sense that he, this guy, you know, is making us better on a week to week basis. And there's no really no hesitation in the praise he receives from veteran players who, you know, last year were kind of dancing around the subject of the positions they were put in. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And I think credit goes to, to Kevin O'Connell yep. for, for, for identifying Flores, hiring Flores. A lot of head coaches would be a little sheepish of, about bringing in a former head coach <clears throat> who could replace them <laughs> potentially. But, but I think O'Connell has so much confidence in himself that he was willing to do that. And, and it certainly paid off in this five-game winning streak. We know that. And, and, and also O'Connell's work, obviously, with Dobbs and with Cousins. We know that's been exceptional. And even though from time to time there's questions about his play calling and, and he went very conservative in the second half against the Saints, let him get back in the game, which I thought was a mistake. You go conservative in the NFL, it's going to get you beat a lot. And the fact that they ran the ball the last six offensive snaps against the Saints, I thought – give Dobbs a chance to, to do a, an RPO or run pass option and, and pick up a couple first downs, and that would have ended the game. Not to mention Greg Joseph, if, if he made the 54-yard field goal, that would have put the Vikings up by three scores. So you cannot survive by going conservative with a big lead in the NFL. It's been proven time and again. And we'll see if, if Kevin O'Connell learned his lesson last week. Well, let's, uh, let's get to – some more stuff around the league, more Broncos, our NFL picks, including the Vikings at Broncos. But first, let's thank White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. The White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC with my longtime friend, owner, Paul Rubin, general manager, Charlie Gutrell. They're fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with their super friendly premium team and the best selection. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. You'll find fall savings, $2,750 purchase allowance, plus $3,250 trade assistance and bonus cash, and 0.9% APR on 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 elevations, 1.9% APR and up to $1,250 purchase allowance on 2023 Buick SUV models with no monthly payments until 2024 for Encore GX, Envision, and Enclave. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. And let's also hear about Platinum Bank, Jeff. Happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder had personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. So, the uh, the Broncos are better. 
And there is a fascinating mix of personalities there. You have Sean Payton coming. We have all heard all the stories about Russell Wilson getting kind of weird later in his career. He was a great young player. He was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He won a million games in the fourth quarter, including many against the Vikings. And then, but we kept hearing things about he wasn't that popular in the locker room. He kind of put himself apart from his players. He goes to Denver with the massive contract. And we're now hearing reports that he set his, he like didn't locker in the locker room with other players. He wanted his own separate office. Sean Payton basically comes in and says, we're not doing any of that stupid stuff anymore. And we're seeing this relationship, this weird forced relationship start to work, but not in getting Russell Wilson back to being the mad bomber, crazy playmaker. But as you said earlier, getting Russell Wilson just kind of play more like a game manager, which is a, a development I did not see coming. No, I, I don't think we all did when last year he had such a rocky year. And, and Peyton, again, as you said, saying no special privileges for Russell, but Russell has bought in. He's playing more carefully, but yet he's creative, running when he needs to run. Had, as I said, a number of big first downs in the Buffalo game. He's us, utilizing more of the short passing game, averaging 201 yards per game is 26 in the league, but he's protecting the ball so much better this year. Uh, only four interceptions, 18 touchdowns. He's the fourth-ranked passer rating. So, yeah, I think that he has certainly been a very pleasant surprise for Bronco fans who were ready to run him out of town last year. I, I think that Peyton has, has done a good job. I'm not a big Sean Peyton fan. I just think he's a real arrogant guy. But you gotta, you got to say – He's brought them off the mat the last three weeks. Can, can he continue that run? We shall see. Yes. Uh, how difficult is it to play in Denver? I mean, you have altitude, great fan base, really loud. I remember I was telling somebody this morning uh, who, knows, who knows I'm a sports writer. And I was telling him I was in Mile High Stadium in 89 when the, the, the Broncos beat the Browns to go to another Super Bowl. And, I mean – I really thought that the press box was going to fall off the mountain. I mean, it was it's a very intense place to play. Do you think there's still that kind of home field advantage for that team right now? I, I think there is because of how they're playing lately. I think that if it had been four weeks ago, not so much. And the fact that they're on this three-game winning streak, the fact that they're playing better, coming off a big win over Buffalo and Kansas City – the and playing in a primetime game, I think it's going to be an electric atmosphere on Sunday night. But if the Vikings can get an early lead, I think the Broncos crowd could turn on them. So we shall see if they can get off of that big start as they did against New Orleans when they were up 24 to 3. They sat on that lead. As we said, better not do it again. Yeah, no question. All right, let's get to our, let's get to our, well, I, before we get to the picks, Let's talk about something I don't want to talk about, Jeff. And it's weird because we don't have to talk about it, and I don't want to talk about it, and I'm going to talk about it anyway, and that is that Aaron Rodgers continues to do everything he can to make himself relevant in this season, even though he's probably not going to play again. Uh, He is such an egomaniac. (laughs) He definitely is. and He comes out this week with his statement that, that, yeah, I, I might be back mid-December if we're in it in three or four weeks. But if we're not, it could go a different way. I expect us to be in it, and I expect to come back. 
it, it's amazing <clears throat> how a guy on an injury, a major injury, can stay in the news like he has. But part of that is because of the Jets' struggle at quarterback with Zach Wilson. We know that. And Robert Sal, the coach, is sticking with him this week rather than go to Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon. I, I just don't see the Jets hanging in contention. They've got big games coming up in the division at Buffalo and then home against Miami the next two weeks. The Bills' season is on the line after their awful performance against Denver, and they're at 5-5 five and five and have a really rough schedule ahead. I just don't see the Jets hanging around in the playoff race so that Rodgers would want to come back if they're whatever, 6-8 and eight in in about four more weeks. Yeah, yeah, he just he can't stand not being on cable TV. He just does whatever he can to be on cable TV as much as possible. All right, enough about Aaron Rodgers. I just wanted to rip on him. Let's get to our picks, <laughs> right. our picks, which is a good way to talk about teams around the league and the division. So we'll start with the division matchup. Bears at Lions. Of course, we're going to both pick up the Lions. But just, if you would, get into the state of both of these teams right now. It feels like the Bears are hopeless, and it feels like the Lions, you know, I don't know, I don't know if they're great, but – they're certainly a good team. Yeah, well, the Bears did win their last outing, but they did. <laughs> but the the Lions had a had a crazy game against the Chargers, where they gave up touchdowns to Justin Herbert in the Chargers' offense on the last five series. So that tells us the Detroit defense is shaky, for sure, which could be a good omen for when the Vikings face them in two of the last three weeks of the season. But Detroit does not have a difficult schedule. And that's the challenge for the Vikings to stay close enough to them where those two games could determine the division title. But the Lions certainly offensively are, are very strong. Goff's having another good year. Jameer Gibbs ha- is having a, an excellent rookie season. So is the young tight end. Their offensive line probably, if not the best in the league, it's certainly close. And that's been kind of carrying the way. But, but that defense is is definitely a question mark, and we'll, we'll just see how they shake out. All right, how about uh, we have Chargers at Packers. I thought the Chargers had a chance of being really good this year. They still kind of muddle about. Uh, where, where do you see – do you see the cha- Chargers being a real challenger for an AFC title, and how are the Packers playing these days? Yeah, the Packers are just up and down, up and down, and so, and so are the Chargers. Uh, they they just haven't been able to climb out of their their 0-2 start, even though they beat the Vikings week three. But but they had that frustrating loss to the Lions, where as I said, they scored touchdowns on their last five drives. Their defense is terrible. I think that's the that's going to be the the end for Brandon Staley eventually. Even though he's had certainly question marks about his game management over the years, over the last couple of years. But the worst knock on him is that his defense that has stars like Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and Derwin James is 31st in the league. Yep. And that's, and that's supposed to be Staley's expertise. So, yeah, the Chargers are, are shaky. I think this is a hard game to call. But but I, I, I would take the, the Chargers as the more talented team and that are still have, have a hope of getting to postseason. It, it, it's very questionable. But the Packers, they're not going anywhere this year. And Jordan yep. Love threw a bad interception – at the end of the game against Pittsburgh that cost them the game last week. So I, I, I would go with the Chargers. Agreed. All right. Best 
the best, most celebrated game of the year, of the week, if not the year, regular season, rematch of the Super Bowl, Eagles against the Chiefs. I think this is going to be an exciting game, definitely, yeah. on, on Monday night in Kansas City. The I, I think that the Chiefs at home, I think I think Mahomes has, has been a little up and down lately. I expect him to rise to the challenge. The Eagles have also been very questionable in their pass defense, although the, the Chiefs' wide receiver core is, is certainly not what Patrick Mahomes would like it to be. Again, this is such a close game to, to call, but I, I'll take Kansas City at home. I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, just I, I, I just think they have a better overall team now precisely because of what you said. The, the Chiefs receivers don't scare anybody. It makes it very diff- much more difficult for Mahomes to, to maneuver. So we actually differ on one, which is unusual. Now, Vikings at Broncos. This is kind of a toss-up game and two really interesting teams. Yeah, it's a it's the third straight week the Vikings are underdogs and they and they perform well winning in Atlanta, New Orleans, and really it's the fourth time in five weeks they're underdogs, including the San Francisco game. And they've won all those games. I again very close game to call. I just think the Vikings are the are the better team and the more talented team. And if they don't turn it over, I, I think that Denver even in that Buffalo game with Buffalo giving them so many turnovers, they started four drives in Buffalo territory and, and ended up with, with field goals twice. Had six points out of those four drives. So Denver is, is even with Russell Wilson playing better and they're running the ball a little better, they're just not a prolific offensive team. Their defense has been playing really well after the early season struggles, as we said. But I, I like the Vikings – to find a way to win their sixth straight. And I'm, I'm going to call it 26-23 Vikings. All right, I'm, I'm right again. We usually pick about the same when it comes to the Vikings. I was going to pick almost exactly the same score. I was going to say 27-25. I think it could be a crazy game. My prediction, Ty Chandler goes off, and Josh Dobbs takes advantage of that with play action and scrambles and rollouts. And if the Vikings offense functions very nicely, even without Justin Jefferson again, we'll see if we're right. Jeff's usually right. He was right about Josh Dobbs, so give him full credit <laughs> there. Hey, Jeff, great stuff. I appreciate it. Have a good week. I'm out of town next week. You'll be doing the show without me. I'm sure you'll have no trouble doing that. Uh, so thanks for all your work, and enjoy the game set. Thank you, Jeff.